Brett, I just have one question for you. Yes. Will you, Brett Dorman, take me, Shira Moore, to be your lawfully wedded co-host? Oh, snap. Uh, are I can only to see... hold on recording hours. <laughs> I can only see. I can Gordon only see you. <laughs> I can only see you from the waist up. My answer may or may not depend on if you are on one knee. Uh, I'm in a chair. Does it oh. still count? Do I well, have to I guess, get on bended knee? Uh, well, I, I guess don't have a, uh... I don't have a ring either. I, I guess this proposal is starting to fail. Ooh, I I do have. I'm reaching for the first thing on my desk here. I have a bracelet that says "vaxed." Oh, this is getting more interesting. Um, yeah, I would be your your lawfully wedded co-host. Uh, luckily, you're not asking for a dowry because I can't depart with any of these cats. He said yes! This is Necromancer. Necromancer. I'm Shira, and I'm a fan of romantic comedies. I'm Brett, and I'm a fan of horror movies. And marriage is what brings us <laughs> together today. Uh, but in all seriousness, what you should expect from every Necromancer episode is that I will pick a rom-com, Brett will pick a horror movie, and then we will flip-flop those movies around. We will mix two families that would have nothing to do with each other if not for this unholy (laughs) marriage. Uh, and our topic today is weddings. This is a long time coming for us. I feel like, I I mean, well, weddings aren't as big in the horror imagination, I would say, as they are in in the romantic comedy circles. I think we really have cornered the fantasy wedding. Uh, I, I feel like romantic comedies are kind of responsible for a lot of wedding propaganda. Oh, I bet. <laughs> oh, I bet. Um, and marry me more than than any of them. <laughs> um, you said a long time coming, but like I was kind of thrown off by weddings because we haven't done like marriage or couples or that kind of thing. I would right? love to do marriage and existing couples. I think that there is a lot of meat there. I mean, one of the favorite, one of my favorite movies that I watched last year was a movie called The Lovers about a married couple that cheats on their lovers with each other. It's crazy. It's awesome. <laughs> no, I, I, I absolutely love stories about people who are already in a relationship and I also like stories about marriage and what it's like yeah. to be in a marriage. We did breakups too before oh, yeah. we yeah, even yeah, yeah. got to marriage and couples. I think, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, we're working I our way backwards. 
Yeah, we're we're kind of Benjamin buttoning these <laughs> themes. Um, but also I feel like we as people may, maybe I'm making a huge assumption about you, but enjoy those moments that are sort of an explosion of possibilities. So uh, the breakup as a setup is kind of this this place where there can be infinite possibilities for how a character can change or flip the script after they've endured a life-changing event like a breakup. And I think weddings, too, become a set piece where infinite possibilities can occur. So I don't know. For me, like as a writer, I think it's more interesting than going into a marriage or an existing couple's relationship, which is more limited in scope. It's it's laser-focused rather than where you can make a wedding theme about a lot of people. And, yeah. and well, well, there's yeah. not a lot in the horror genre that's really like, because when I think of wedding, I think about the ceremony of the two people coming together. You know what I mean? I don't just think about the attraction of two people coming together. Um, so like in the horror sense, not like it didn't it, it's it's weddings have never stood out to me sonia and i didn't have a wedding you know what i mean so like neither did I've my never, parents I, i've never I, been I'm into it wedding, my parents a, didn't really either so you know that is something to to say is you know neither of us are really wedding people and so i think we both ha- maybe that's why this theme turned out to be such a strange one because we don't have the romantic <sighs> We don't have that kind of romantic attachment to weddings as an idea that other people do. And that feels strange to say as as a romance fan, because <laughs> I I do enjoy a, a fairy tale fictional wedding. It's just nothing I've ever really desired for myself. And I felt right. very consciously that I've I've, you know, I've met plenty of media that have told me a female and woman, you should desire this. And it's, you know, like you have moments like that that are just so stark in the difference between what society tells you you should want and what you actually want. I'm sure it's the same thing for guys too, where it's like, you should want this football, buddy boy. I don't well, know. I don't it, know. No, I don't, the, the I don't pressure, assume subliminal messages have that tone, but I'm just The, the pressure was more on like the idea of providing the perfect thing. You know what I mean? Like to me, the idea of the engagement was like, here's the male's big ex- declaration this big decision of like, I, the male have chosen you, the female. And then the female gets to celebrate with the wedding. Like, yay, he chose me. <laughs> um, so like the proposal was I frightening. Mean, that is but, kind of the bachelor, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so then, yeah. So Sonya that was and a I frightening thing for you, the proposal. Yeah. But Sonia and I, we didn't, really propose either we just had like a conversation about it and sonia was like i'm never ever gonna get married so then every time we would joke about marriage and she would ask me and i was like you know what yeah i I will get married and so then she just kept jokingly asking me and then one time she was like no really we should and i was like okay and that was it we got married said yes i said okay (laughs) 
No. Okay. Yeah. He, he said, he said, okay. Yeah. Do you remember? I, I am referencing something specific. Do you remember there was a Jared's commercial that used to be on TV all this time? Like for, for the longest time. And it was a man and a woman. They're standing in this courtyard and he proposes to her. And then he shouts, she said, yes. And all these like pigeons go like, kur, kur, and they start scattering. And it's like a huge distraction. And she's like, oh, quiet. And then he says, she said, yes. But it's it, like a very, like, it's like a very like over the top engagement ring commercial. Yeah, it kind of somebody's got to remember. Someone's got to <laughs> remember. But I mean, that's that's just how hard we've been sold on big engagements and big weddings. I I do think that I I feel like both of these movies are more like the in they're more about the industry of wedding making and like the production of weddings than weddings and marriage itself or the meaning of marriage i think i think that there is something about the superficial trappings of marriage like the ceremony the dress the dress in both movies is a very big honestly the wedding dress might be the biggest deal in both of these movies um but but like those like there's just like a big fixation on those superficial trappings of weddings um and that aspect rather than say relationships in fact it seems like everybody's trying to get out of relationships in these movies yeah that's i mean i did really like that aspect of this which is yeah both movies focused on the the wedding um but yeah this move this theme brought out the weird <laughs> in both movies big time. Both oh, just, these movies are just, just bizarre. Just wait until you hear my remixes. It it it's about to get real. So golden question, which movie first? Um I I honestly could go either way. So my default is to just say marry me because that's what instigated the No, I'm already with Doug. <laughs> um, <laughs> marry me, marry me. Uh, oh, Sonia sings that song all the time. But it's always yes. like as a joke. It's just, uh, it's an annoying earworm. But um, I mean, it's it's a very uncomplicated song. All right. Yeah. yeah. Let's go ahead and and start with Marry Me. Um, So why Marry Me? Uh, I I will answer because Shira said we are watching this movie for the podcast, whether you like it or not. That's There's why. that. There is that. Um, actually, this was a movie that I highly anticipated. The other movie that is coming out as of the recording of this podcast that I am extremely excited about, tune in for future episodes to find out what I think, is The Lost City with Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum. It feels like in 2022, after a crappy couple of years It's like we're in the 1930s and we're looking for some glitz and glamour to take us away from this awful timeline. And what does that mean? 
a shit ton of romance movies and romantic comedies are coming out. So there was Marry Me. I The trailer for Marry Me dropped around the same time as the trailer for The Lost City, as well as another little movie called I Want You Back with Jenny Slate and uh, Charlie Day. Uh, so like, it's like, there's a bunch of high profile rom-coms coming out and I want to see all of them. And so I was very optimistic and excited about Marry Me, even though I did read comments, like I posted the trailer on the internet, like on, on my little romance movie subreddit, which you should all join by the way. Um, but I posted the trailer and somebody was like, this looks like utter garbage. And I was like, well, that remains to be seen. We'll we'll just have to watch the movie and find out. And you'll have to listen to this podcast and find <laughs> out what we thought about it. Um, but I went into this with a lot of optimism. You've got Owen Wilson, who has proven himself time and time again to be very charming and likable. And then J-Lo, who is, as far as I'm concerned, rom-com royalty up there with Julia Roberts and Meg Ryan. You know, we watched My Best Friend's Wedding, but, you know, J-Lo was also associated with a very popular wedding-themed rom-com, The Wedding Planner, with Matthew McConaughey. So she already has a history of playing the lead in some very successful rom-coms. You have... The Wedding Planner, of course, and Made in Manhattan, and we don't need to talk about Geely. Um, that that just is oh, not a conversation. But but it's she, not a rom com TM. But mm-hmm. Out of Sight is a oh the chemistry between her and George Clooney is supposed to be on fire. They've got that it, duplicity energy, right? <laughs> oh my god, their meet cute is. Ah, oh, it's to to quote Tom Cruise in Night and Day, it is sublime. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is all to say that I have a lot of confidence in JLo as a rom-com performer. She has proven herself time and time again to give good romance, and so has Owen Wilson. So I I felt really good about this. I also like fake relationships as a trope. Uh, and, you know, I'm not as into the celebrity as a romantic interest trope. I just, I could never really get into celebrity romances. They feel the same to me as royal romances, which we, we mm-hmm. talked about this early, early on in the French episode. I just... I don't really go for royals as a romantic interest either. Like princes and celebrities don't usually do it for me, but then they threw in the fake relationship aspect and there was JLo. But also Owen Wilson isn't into the celebrity aspect. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, well, that's what's meant to make their dynamic compelling because he sees her as a human being and not as a, you know, a brand or, you know, her, his livelihood, the way that the other characters orbit around her. Another thing I will say about this movie, regardless of what I'm about to say about it, which won't always be positive, uh, 
if I were the person who made the comic on which it's based on, because I found out that Marry Me is based off of a web comic, which if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, um, but it might be still ongoing. But if I were the maker of this web comic, it would be I would be so proud. Oh my god! Where this Fuck is, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, to go from being a free web comic to this huge movie with. JLo and Owen Wilson, I would be nothing but excited and proud. It reminded me of um, what the guy who wrote the Pretty Woman script had said, because, you know, he wrote a very different script and they Disney fight it or whatever. But he said oh, that right. it felt like they built a skyscraper on top of a log cabin and he couldn't be happier with yeah. what they did. So I would say, you know, hats off. All the pats on the back to rats the, off to you. Rats off to you to the the actual creator, the webcomic creator of Marry Me. Like, oh, that what an awesome! It it is like gen. I'm not being sarcastic. It is a genuinely awesome achievement. Um, but yes, I was not <laughs> the biggest fan of this movie, and I know neither were you. Strangely enough, the internet loved it. Like I mentioned yeah. not liking this movie and I read multiple reviews from other people. Again, this is all through my fishbowl lens of Reddit, but I we might be on something. We might be inhaling the gas or whatever because a lot of people love this movie. It has, I think, like a 61% rating on Rotten Tomatoes and like an over 90% audience score. It is very well liked. Well, I think the audience score, I, I, I don't know. I think the audience score is always pretty generous because the only people going out of their way to review this movie are the people liking it, right? <laughs> I mean, to a certain extent, that's true. But also, it's like, I, I definitely... I definitely felt like people people seem to like this movie. I don't know. I, yeah. I think we might be in the minority of people who were not charmed. Well, my ex-co-worker's sister didn't like it. So we okay. should, we're on the same page as her. Um, I will back up what you're saying and say that this is a perfectly fine movie. And Owen Wilson even gives, I think, a really great like chilled zen performance in this like weird mesh mix messy rom-com what this movie is is this movie is what happens when you take the hollywood system which me and you are fans of we like movies made that are formulaic and have tropes oh, I and love stuff, the Hollywood right? machine. I, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm a fan of the studio system. Yeah. I, the studio I know, system is fantastic. I know it wasn't good for <laughs> actors, but damn, did it make some good movies? Yeah. I, I love it just as much as I love the indie art house gorilla filmmaking, innovative stuff. I, I love it all. I, right. Yeah. I like, I like that too. Like, you know, maybe you wouldn't think of this as gritty or art house, but another movie I rewatched recently, which we'll revisit when we get to love bites was my big fat Greek wedding. And that was an yeah, indie that movie. That was an indie movie. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was totally an indie movie that, that just suddenly got like a, a huge crossover appeal like it it blew up but 
you know, yeah, there's definitely room in my heart for both. Something you reminded me, though, of something I was thinking of before we started this podcast, which is marry me as a concept would have worked so well in like 1935, like a big Cecil B. DeMille, huge set piece with, you know, a very likable Hollywood studio guy paired up with a song and dance girl who can do everything like a, I don't know, a Marilyn or something like that. Like, I, I don't know. I just, I've, well, maybe not a Marilyn, maybe more like, um, I don't, I'm mixing up my eras. Um, but, but yeah, just like a very big fanfare Hollywood musical type production it would have been so at home in that time. I mean, it's, it's at home. Right. It's at home in this time too. But like the 1930s version of "Marry Me" would have fucking slapped. You're right. You're absolutely right. Um, but yeah, I, we're not opposed to the system, to Hollywood, to these kinds of movies. However, Bow down this, to the peacock. But <laughs> this is what happens when you do attempt to make one of those movies and a global pandemic comes in and just fucking wrecks your shit. Because oh, that's true. They filmed it in movie, 2019. I forgot about that. This movie just reeks of like a studio system crumbling under the weight of no, we just have to release this movie, get two big stars, do whatever they say. And you only have this little bit of budget and you have to do all this crazy stuff. Like, cause I, yeah, I, this movie is a mess. This movie is an absolute mess. However, it's, it's also just like, it's a fine movie. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, it's not, horrible it's just a fine movie it whelms yeah neither over or under it whelms yeah uh well shall we get into it oh we shall are you Um, ready to walk down this aisle i can't wait uh here we go Pop singer superstar Kat Valdez is a long-known starlet of the Latin community who has a history of uh, of failed high-profile marriages. So we start off, the opening credits is like, marry me, it's the rehearsal, it's the videos, it's the gossip TV. We basically it's very get, slick. Yeah, we basically get the the song. Like the song that is the propelling force of the movie we get and i take it all the songs were made for the like is is this soundtrack supposed to be a big appeal of the movie i wouldn't i mean i i don't know but i wouldn't be surprised if the soundtrack came together before the movie did right or or something like that i definitely think that it was a soundtrack for the movie but it it, it to me i would guess that jlo was working with um that artist and and then it just fit to have the songs for the movie yeah um so yeah she's we get this scene where she's like a greek goddess maluma she's sorry i meant to say that (laughs) um she's like a greek goddess and she's on her chair and she's just being so overwhelmed and pampered because she is getting married and her marriage is going to essentially be one giant concert. 
Um, there is something, don't you think it's kind of weird how weddings are all about the bride, almost as if she were a sacrificial lamb? I mean, certainly they play yeah. with that concept in a movie like Ready or Not, but it it's like everything is all about her. And it and it's like the guy is there, but he's not even physically there. He comes into her in the beginning over, I don't know, video, like they're they're just talking on FaceTime. But everything is about her, her dress, what she's gonna do, her past. It's it's a lot of pressure on her to make this fantasy wedding succeed. Yes. Um, And her manager is named... Wait, let me get his first name. Um, His manager is named Colin Calloway. His last name is... is also from Game of Thrones. He was Sam Tarly, I believe. And so Callaway is going to be a name that pops up later in Hatchet for the Honeymoon as the author of the Spirits and Medium book that the Ooh. wife Mildred is reading. So we got a Archie little Archie connection. connection. Yeah. Um, And so while all this crazy wedding stuff is going on, we get the uh, single parent and kid getting ready for school. Uh, and it's just Owen Wilson, and he is, like, the most chilled he's ever been. He's just he's just a cool, chill, nerdy, self-aware, taking-life-as-it-comes math teacher. And he's got a really cool daughter. It feels like his entire identity is being a math teacher, which I guess oh, for yeah. this movie works. But yeah. It, but it's also I, charming because he kind of knows it and is like, he he just accepts it. You know what I mean? He's he like, I get it. the definition of normcore. <laughs> um, and so his kid is super cool. She's one of those like smart, mature kids and um, i can't stand i mean she does some kid things later but i really hate shows and movies that write overly mature children uh, just these precocious (laughs) mature children i i mean i think the the child in big little lies was the worst offense because she was like listening to motown and stuff it's just like no kid is like this she wants to listen to Baby Shark, and everybody knows yeah, it. Yeah, so do I. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she's very precocious. She's very wise beyond her years. She's too cool for school and definitely too cool for dad. Yes. Um, I like the actress, the little girl. She's she's popped up in a few movies that I've seen. So. She is in a show I absolutely <laughs> love that is coming back soon and highly recommended to everyone. Upload uh she plays a a character in that show um but it's about a digital afterlife and this developer that falls in love with one of the people living in the digital afterlife it's really good show and her character is also really good in it um yeah i think yeah she's like yeah she's popped up in a lot of good stuff um and so we meet Sarah Silverman. Sarah Silverman is the guidance counselor. Uh, I, I liked her. She, at one point, Owen Wilson says to her, like, shouldn't you be 
being a role model for these kids or something. And she goes like, uh, my look and vibe is a role modely enough. <laughs> uh, she's just, I did like that. She had yeah. some good lines. And then, you know, I did a little peeking around at the Mary me web comic. And that was actually from the original story. The main guy is best friends with this lesbian woman who I can't, I feel terrible. I can't remember her name on the, um, on Mary me, uh, Parker, but yeah, oh, Parker right. yeah, yeah. Parker is a character from the comic and is his best friend. Yeah. And uh, Sarah Silverman, very funny. And so we get all of this reinforcement that, oh, Kat is just so pampered and overwhelmed. But also she does work hard, right? Like she she is game for it. She does everything that is asked She's of her to it be up in the a studio. superstar. Right. Um, and it's really hard being a single dad. And so we get a little bit of Jimmy Fallon crossover. Jimmy Fallon pops up a couple times in this movie. I also uh, called him Jimmy Kimmel like five times when we were watching it. Because yeah. the late night hosts have become interchangeable to me. But yeah, if you weren't sure that Peacock wanted you to watch Jimmy Fallon, then you got plenty of signs during Marry Me. Very early in the movie, when we see Jimmy Fallon, does it become clear that this is the, like, this is one of those movies that they spoof, where it's obnoxious how much product placement and crossover they're cramming in oh it, it reminded me of <laughs> wayne's world remember yeah. wayne's world that's what i was just <laughs> doing that too. whole yeah. skit about pizza the hut Pepsi, nike <laughs> um doritos yeah, yeah, yeah uh and so we get a little bit of mention of keats uh <laughs> love that they mentioned keats i'm keats. also a fan of keats poetry uh and, and then we they get the both big... love keats i love that yeah too. well that will come back later to help bring them together um so we get the driving sort of inciting force of the 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 pre-inciting force which is sarah silverman has broken up with her girlfriend now she has got three tickets to go see the the marry me proposal whatever was you know, it's a wedding slash concert. It is a live concert wedding. Right. But so like that's the actual wedding that they're going to. Yes. Which and, is also a concert. Right. And so uh, Owen Wilson doesn't really care about this at all. He doesn't really know who she is, but he wants to be the cool dad. So he goes and then we get a bunch of like singing. Right, we just get straight up music video, which is oh, fine. but it was great. It was great. J Lo looked awesome. I mean, if you thought she looked great at the Super Bowl halftime show last year, she looks even better here. Yeah, and so, uh, like, honestly, this this I just like, I my mind drifts, and I don't really care about this stuff. But I imagine this is the same way people feel when they watch martial arts movies. You know what I mean? Like, oh, all right, now we have to have a five-minute fight scene. Like, no, that's I what don't I... think that's true. I mean, yeah. I think that that's how people feel when they're watching the, I don't know, the third or fourth quarter of any sports game where it's just nothing but stoppages and replays. 
That is very frustrating. Um, that's why hockey's one of the best sports. Because uh, there's disagree. not a lot of that. <laughs> um, but then right before Kat is about to go up in her wedding dress and, and marry the love of her life. Oh, wait, pause. Can we talk about how amazing the wedding dress is? I don't know if this registered sure. for you. Um, I guess it's, uh, I'm probably mispronouncing this. It's designed by Murad. But this gown and the veil feel like a Bob Mackie fantasy. Bob Mackie, as in the guy who designed all those sequin dresses for Cher and Diana Ross. It was it was very draggy, like what a drag queen would wear, and I loved it. Yeah, it was uh it was very sparkly. very shiny um and so right before she goes up there is this big stir and it is revealed on page six that bastion had been caught having an affair with her assistant and right now and right as she is about to go up she she sees this news and she is then propelled up onto the stage by this elevator thing and she is now face to face with an audience full of fans and she's about to marry this guy and she's totally and utterly humiliated and and this is where and she gives this grand grand monologue about marriage versus love and she's making a and and she's She's taking a chance she's taking a chance she's got it if if she doesn't make changes in her life then nothing will change and so this is kind of where like i think owen wilson and j-lo may have differed on on the movie because j-lo's kind of in my opinion leaning a little bit too much into the hustle territory of like i'm gonna go for like an actual real performance as opposed to maybe leaning into the more pop star aspect of i don't know i i don't know if that tracks with you as a a rom-com fan i think i think it sort of does like you you wanted her to have a, a little less sincerity, a little less self-awareness, kind of like the way that um, if you've ever seen Overboard with Goldie Hawn, where yeah. she's so rich and fabulous that she's completely unaware of the way that she just doesn't care about other people. Yeah, like I, not- I guess, yeah, I thought the speech should have been more rousing than like, she did have virtually no flaws in this movie. I oh, yeah. nobody no literally nobody in this movie is flawed. But, you can't you can't point to any aspect or character detail that would prevent them from having a successful relationship or right. any anything that really needed to be overcome in order yeah. for them to be together. But I mean, you know, they the movie disagrees with me on this. Um, but yeah. also, I have to wonder, the song is called Marry Me. There had to be dozens of people in that audience with Marry Me signs. And something I kept thinking about over and over again is why did she pick him? Because there's no way he was the only Marry Me 
sign guy. And if he hadn't been holding the sign, it would have been Parker holding the sign. So would she have married no, Sarah Silverman? She, Parker Parker handed off the sign to him so she could take the selfie video as a burn video for the girl that dumped her. I know, but that's what I mean is if she hadn't done that and if she, but she had did. been... <laughs> but she but did. But if she were the one holding the sign... Would J-Lo have still pointed at her and said, yes, I will marry you? We'll have to we'll have to ask Dr. Strange to open up the multiverse for us. <laughs> go into okay, that. Okay. Go into that world. Um, I. But yeah, she points I, at him and says, yes. Yes. And I but I, I also get that J-Lo ha- has like this is more reflecting of her life then you know what i mean like she's actually lived that's a what lot i hear years. that's something so, what i hear she had i was it a rod who she was with for a while oh yeah and yeah, they yeah. they I broke don't... up but yeah around the time i mean they're definitely so this is a personal role for her so there i can are see some her biographical going yeah yeah so you so i haven't seen hustlers but to translate it you're saying that in hustlers she went fully serious with the role she was she was going Lawrence Olivier on yeah, that material. Like Golden Globe nominated J-Lo Hustlers. Well earned. You did, yeah, that fit that movie. But here it just, I don't, you're, I think the 1930s thing is like, yeah, I could imagine Marilyn Monroe giving more of a, well, I, I just named her because you named her. So excuse me mm-hmm. for mixing my eras, but I can imagine her giving like a big, more of a rousing speech of like, yes, you, Owen Wilson, like, like, let's, let's grab life by the hands and take each other's hands and go down this meadow. But instead in this movie, it's just like, all right, I'm like, yeah, marry me. And Owen Wilson's like, all right. And then the whole crowd just goes nuts and it just felt okay that dumb. doesn't that doesn't seem that dumb because doesn't stuff like that happen in pro wrestling where there'll be a random fan who gets to marry yeah but again they would have more of a theatrical celebrational aspect instead of this gritty grounded performance aspect but um yeah, uh, Owen Wilson goes on stage. He marries her. It's very awkward. Uh, the guy marrying them doesn't really know what to do. Owen Wilson doesn't know what to do. So he He's says yes. He's a very yes. sassy pastor. Yes. <laughs> he says yes. And uh, everyone goes wild. There's backstage drama. There's gossip magazines and TMZ. And everyone's flipping out. And... Uh, and then we get a nice quiet car ride home and Owen Wilson just kind of like tries to cheer her up. And that's all he does is like, all right, I'm going to try to cheer you up. Good luck. And he lets her go on her way. Um, yeah, he has no expectations, which I think is part of what makes him so charming. Yeah. And so even later when... Um, when Kat is trying to decide what to do about all this, she decides like, you know what? Let's actually do it. And her manager is like, you can't do that. And she's like, yes, I can. It'll be fun. 
And so then her manager goes to Owen Wilson and Owen Wilson's like, Hey, listen, this, this is what got a laugh from all of us. I remember this is a, a genuinely funny Owen Wilson line in line delivery. He's like, I was just helping someone in the middle of a nervous breakdown. <laughs> you know, he's like, I, I was just doing the right thing. I'm not actually looking to marry someone, but because the movie <laughs> needs to happen, right. We're a fan of like, yes, play into the premise Sarah Silverman negotiates this kind of like, you know, for a fundraiser, like maybe if she donates to the math club, like, ooh. So they go for this very no stakes marriage, right? Like, what what do you have to lose? Um, And so Owen Wilson just kind of starts to hang out in her peripheral of celebrity. Right? Like he don't they also make some kind of cutesy deal like he'll get into social media that comes that comes much okay. later okay yeah yeah, yeah. um but, but this is but early they have on a when press he's conference just, he's learning about her world and everything she has to put up with yeah and so he's kind of like i really feel totally uncomfortable doing this he's totally pressured into it he really doesn't want to, and it's kind he of doesn't disrespectful. want to sell Vitamix. It's kind of disrespectful. But when they go to the press conference and he sees how the media is treating her, he has her back, and then she has his back when they start asking him, like, didn't you have failed marriages? And she's like, Didn't you used to work for CNBC? And so, like, then they start to develop this kind of like, hey, we're both two people going through life. Let's just have fun, right? Like, what's the worst that could happen? See you at the next photo shoot, right? And so then we just get this weird thing of, like, each person just kind of having to convince the people around them that, like, it's not a big deal, right? Like, it's it's not a big deal. So what? We're married. That's the whole point is, like, we're making marriage not about the huge declaration of love. We're just making it about, like, hey, we're just uh, we're just married. Yeah. And so uh, we we get some paparazzi stuff. Uh, you know, there's some gimmicks about Owen Wilson's life in math club and everything being overwhelmed by paparazzi. Um, but then we have a date at home. Right. Yeah. I, oh, yes, she, yes, yes. She comes over, right? Yes. Um, well, let me go back to Wikipedia for this. <laughs> so. Is this before or after she comes to the school and does the bend and snap dance? I mean, not that she does the actual bend and snap dance, but it's a very bend and snappy type of scene where it's where okay, it's like, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. interrupt the movie to do a dance scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as Owen Wilson kind of hangs out and just has fun and is like, no, it's no big deal being around a celebrity. Kat kind of likes that. She likes having the the mm -hmm. slice of normal life. So, yeah, she she decides to go out of her way to visit um, the math club practice. And she does the bend and snap thing of like. When I was nervous and forgot the words to my own song, I started making my dance routine so hard that I would have to focus on the dance and the songs would come out naturally. 
So they have a big dance scene where they're all dancing and then Owen Wilson is firing off math questions and they're all zipping and zapping and beeping and bopping. And it's it's a math utopia. Um, it's it's, <laughs> the, it's, it's very, the most raddest math club practice. It's very School of Rock light. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and so then uh, Owen Wilson She's like, I'm going to go to Puerto Rico. And Owen Wilson's like, uh, instead of going to Puerto Rico to hang out with the guy who cheated on you, you could go to the school formal. And J-Lo's oh, like... Oh, I did think that was cute. J-Lo's like, I have the perfect dress for you. And picks a dress to wear to like a middle school formal that has extreme boobage. It has... It was Extreme very uh, titillating, as my father <laughs> likes to say. Um, and so after that night, they go back to Owen Wilson's house and they kiss. They share a kiss over some romantic music. And then they the, it's the next morning. Owen Wilson wakes up alone. But then J-Lo walks in wearing his shirt. And I found it very interesting the way that Owen Wilson, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, no, yeah. but, but the way before that they, before they were going to have sex, he was like, so we're doing this. <laughs> it was just so weird the way that he approached it. So normally like, yeah. okay, I guess we're doing this now. Well, he's getting consent. Do I take my pants off or do I put it through the hole? <laughs> he's checking in with her. He's like, yeah, wow, isn't this cool? Uh, we're, we're actually going to do this. Uh, so then this is where the next morning they wake up and they have to now sort of take the next step in their relationship, which is actually melding their two lives. So mm -hmm. a challenge. It's is real formed. now. No longer fake. Right. A challenge is formed. JLo, uh, Kat is challenged to spend, I don't know, whatever, a whole day or week or time amount of, of time without any help, which means no servants to open the door for her, no assistants to make the calls for her. So she goes to her house and oops, she can't get into her own house because she doesn't have a key. And so Owen Wilson's like, no asking for help. So what does she do? She picks up a rock and chucks it through the window. And <laughs> this is a genuinely like, funny moment. She's like William Hurt and body heat. She just can't yeah. contain it. And so I thought, I don't know if it was you or Sonia who, when we were watching the movie, was like, it'd be funny if, like, later they have a scene in her house where she's just got a bunch of boarded up windows from her chucking rocks through because <laughs> she never has her keys on her. Like, <laughs> that would have been really funny. But broken windows Just everywhere. broken windows everywhere. I feel like, like if it were if it were Tiffany Haddish or yeah. Anna Ferris, then absolutely that would be a part right. of the movie. Um, you guys were really drawn into the Vitamix during the movie. Um, because it was very successfully advertised to me over and over again that I, I had need no idea a Vitamix, Vitamix was a, an actual thing. Like I, 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 I still don't really know. It's very good at blending, and yeah. it never breaks down. Yeah, and 
I thought the most egregious of the product placement was when they were like, Owen Wilson is getting so popular on social media, he's going to need his own website. And the nerdy kid is like, actually, I already made one on Wix.com. Oh, man, like (laughs) Wayne's World. Wayne's World. (laughs) Yeah, the Wix, the Wix, uh, the Wix drop was pretty. Yeah. Um, I hope but, that he is there a marry me is there a marry me website on Wix there better be there I'd, should I'd, be if they didn't make a real website <laughs> shame on you um, uh, but yeah the, there was a lot of egregious product placement we then get a my sassy girl moment where we get a big sort of tender moment between the two characters at a carnival because she takes him to Coney Island and they ride the wonder wheel and they make a wish because uh, Owen Wilson, and his mom used to call it the wishing wheel. And then she's like, okay, now you make a wish. And he's like, I already got it. Ah, except that there's no chemistry. That's the only problem is oh. I would eat up the dialogue. I'd eat up the corniness, but there is just genuinely no chemistry. Oh, yes. There is no spark. And in fact, uh, the word on the rumor meal, mill, I can't believe I, I'm just mispronouncing all the words on this podcast. But the word on the rumor mill is that J-Lo and Owen Wilson despised each other on this movie. Just absolutely hated working together. Yeah. I don't know if it was a Julia Roberts, Nick Nolte level hate, but I mean, it could be. I could see the two being annoyed by, like, the two definitely Ooh, have... Or Charlize and Tom Hardy, they hated Ooh, the shit yeah. out of each other. But they made up. Um, And so I could definitely see, the, the two have very similar oeuvres of, like, super famous stuff super high profile big budget stuff very indie stuff very uh oscar worthy stuff and very silly um razzy worthy stuff you know what i want to make yeah i was just thinking of about um behind enemy lines and how corny that movie was oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, he's behind enemy lines um he's gotta fight his way back (laughs) But yeah, I could see them having different work styles and different work ethics and that clashing because they, they, oh, they're they like, like, no, this is how it's done. One of them is always on time and the other one is never on time if it's an early call time. Um, I hope they're know, both on time. I, I hope both of them are good at being on time. That would make me sad if one of them <laughs> was purposefully holding up production because of their ego. But you want to know what I just decided it was about i don't think it was about this but i want to start a new rumor that the reason that j-lo hates owen wilson is because he would not give her wes anderson's number maybe j-lo wanted to talk to wes anderson and owen said no yeah, well, Owen's got to Owen's got to respect that. That's like a very Larry David Curb Your Enthusiasm scenario, right? Like, yeah, J Lo wants to be in a Wes Anderson. Yeah. Movie. Diane Keaton left a message on Larry David's answering machine, but the <gasps> phone cut out during the phone number giving part, and the 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 cleaner wouldn't give Larry the phone number, even though Diane Keaton gave it to him. Oh, what a great episode! Um, (laughs) I love that show, but yeah, I, I want it to be something like that. Like they're arguing about Wes. 
So we we we're, we're starting to get away from the movie. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. 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 Sorry. Sorry. Track. Sorry. Let's, no, let's let's put I, it back on. I, I want to say that the first hour of this movie really is not insufferable, but the second half of the movie, because this is where we're getting into, is just like so little happens, and it's just, just so hanging out. there's just no chemistry, and and so what 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 ends up happening is. She ends up getting nominated for a Grammy, which has never happened to her before, which is where the movie starts to clash with the idea of like, is this movie something that is reflective of JLo's life or not? Because part of her life is like, yeah, she's this high profile celebrity and she's had failed marriages and all this stuff. But then she's like, poor little old me. I've never been nominated for anything. Has JLo never been nominated for a Grammy? No, I'm assuming she has. I'm assuming she's nominated and won, and she's J-Lo. Um, but she has to go and sing the Marry Me song with the guy who cheated on her, even though she doesn't love him, uh, because she wants the Grammy. And then, uh, so Owen Wilson goes to a party, and after after party, and essentially breaks up with her, because he's like, listen, you like this life. You're from this life. I, you know, it's... If you're gonna live with me, it's gotta be with me, right? Like it, it like he it, doesn't belong in her world. Yeah, they're they're just they're they're two different people, and so he breaks up with her. Um, and so this causes her to write the perfect song. <laughs> she writes the perfect song, which hits the charts. It it goes back up, and she goes on this. Uh, it, it's she just go perfect. On Fallon. Yeah, so well, so as her song is getting super more and more and more popular, um, it, it, the big the big math club thing is happening, right? So the big math debate thing is is happening. So we have to prep up that we have to to amp that up, hype that up. But yeah, then the big running to the airport moment is uh, she's on Fallon. I don't know. He says something, and she gives this big thing where she realizes she wants to be with Owen Wilson instead. And then she, I, I don't know. She, does she? Um, well, the math competition is happening at the same time that she realizes that she wants to be with him, but the conditions of their bet are still in place. So even though she wants to run to him, she can't get help from anybody. Oh yeah, and so, so she has to go to the airport herself. So yeah, she she abandons her show and walks out, and and she she does it all. Yeah, she goes to to um, the math thing, and and uh, the daughter is panicking. The daughter is getting the stage fright, which is established earlier. This is the second time. Oh no, she's has stage fright. She sees J Lo. She starts dancing. She gets the answer right. Then J Lo holds up a "Marry Me" sign, and 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 Owen Wilson and it becomes this thing and then they agree to like marry again well to stay married and then yeah and then they have a happily ever after and then they share and then in the post credit scene they do this one harry met sally thing of like real people giving real stories on how they met <laughs> i don't yeah, know the whole cute. ending is just all right, so now the movie ends. You guys get it. I don't know. Like I said, I just, uh, I, I run out of steam a little bit because I did watch the movie twice. 
because right there, there was a little bit of a, a time period between when we watched it and recorded time it lapse. so yeah it um but i had it on in the background i was like half watching it and yeah you i was just like listening to that sweet marry me song yeah i was digging owen wilson's vibe a couple of his lines and sarah silverman's lines made me chuckle i was like yeah you know there's there's good stuff in this movie but then by the time this breakup scene started happening and we get the like full-on formulaic starting to put the bow on it it the whole Mm -hmm. movie just runs out of steam because there is uh, there's no chemistry i heard i don't know this can't be confirmed but j-lo wanted wes anderson's number and owen wilson (laughs) wouldn't give it to her i don't know (laughs) but yeah, so that's I don't know if you have any other thoughts, like you said, as a rom-com fan. You were very optimistic, which I appreciate. I also was not trying to go into this movie cynically. And at the end of the day, we just got we got a like you said, we got a whelming movie. Yeah, I mean it's like it's like if you were to hear that there's a new James Wan movie go- coming out, you'd be all over it, right? Like, yum, yeah, yum, 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 yum. You know, it's just there's certain things that make you really optimistic and excited about a movie. And Marry Me didn't deliver on everything for me. I felt like the ending was just kind of tired. And I, I would have liked to see both characters be a bit more flawed, a bit more messy, yeah. Uh, you know, to, to make mistakes, to have more meat to the conflict. It felt like all of the conflict was external. And yeah. and I need a good internal emotional turn to, to really keep me invested. And it just, to me, it felt like there was nothing, nothing seriously in the way of their romance. Yeah. Yeah, most, yeah, I, I completely agree. So now I got to ask the question, who would you kill from the movie? I would kill the. uh, I want to say the annoying music teacher who just had a couple scenes, but I did appreciate um, just like when in Blast from the Past, when Alicia Silverstone says, I'm from Pasadena, which is like a nice moment that one character gives to another. I mm-hmm. like the moment when when J-Lo gives the moment of like, join me on stage, fellow architect of song. But yeah, I like that. His character was annoying and obnoxious. And I, I just I, I don't know. But yeah, it was a small role. I just was, you know, it it. I don't know. I, I'll just kill him because I, I. I'm sorry. I'm, I, I don't want to do it, though. <laughs> Sure is making me do it. How about I'm you? I'm holding a gun to your head. No, uh, probably that bitch Tyra, the assistant who cheated with uh, Maluma. But that said, it was the event that brought her together with Charlie. Yeah, but uh, her and the assistant remained friends, right? No, they did not. I think. Yeah, that... she's still her assistant. No, no, the movie. no, no, no. You're thinking. You're getting confused. So Michelle Buteau is not the woman who who had sex with Maluma. Oh, all right. I thought. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There is a there is a ginger haired girl at the beginning I, I, of the I, movie I, I, named like I said, Tyra. I, I half watching it. Right. <laughs> so right. I, yeah. Okay. Then that makes sense. Um. 
So, yeah, so yeah you're killing the go. yeah yeah that makes sense sorry or Don't the she... people or the little kids who were mean to owen wilson's daughter because she wasn't uh good at being on stage those kids were dicks oh yeah those kids are gonna grow up to be uh in the next movie we're talking about those kids are gonna grow up to be serial killers so yeah get rid of them <laughs> i agree there Look, <laughs> he's just trying to uncover his traumatic past okay <laughs> this um... is the only way to do it <laughs> So, as we said, both of these movies that we watched were weird. I think I had fun bringing out the weird in the remixes. It sounds like you did, too. Uh, Where did you go with with this horror? I had a blast. And to give you a clue, I went out of this world. Whoa. Yes. I I took my shit to space. I went to the other world to the <gasps> nether world oh so you did nether world and i did space i like yep. this i yeah. like this a lot so who should go first i think you should go first okay I can't, i'm excited <laughs> so the the title though is obvious i called it murder me no i like it mine <laughs> I, is mine yeah yeah, it's like, marry me, murder me. Murder me. <laughs> murder me. So Cat Valdez is an intergalactic alien queen pop star. I mean, she's a multi-hyphenate on a whole different level from everyone else. As far as a character design, I like to think that she would be a mix between the xenomorph alien queen and uh, if you ever read the comic Saga... There's this spider woman bounty hunter that's a really cool character in the first volume. Uh, and yeah, I would but I would have she... her be she's like sexy, but also terrifying. Okay. Um, maybe like like uh she is the top half of a lady, and then her bottom half is all spider legs and acid and and I don't know, Lovecraftian horror. Uh, yeah, let's do it. But yeah, so she she is an alien who is both terrifying and beautiful. And every time she has a concert, she selects one person from the audience to decapitate and eat praying mantis style, which is a cultural practice of her alien species. So her alien fans are like all about it. Yeah. And then when Earth finally goes galactic in 2100 a whole new audience finds its way to cat valdez charlie gilbert also played by owen wilson in this version i mean i could say i think that jayla would be a great alien queen like you have yeah. you ever seen the movie the cell mm-hmm. yeah, yeah 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 no she can do art house um and and so charlie Charlie Gilbert, he's a boring human math teacher who just happens to be best friends with Parker, the president of Cat Valdez's first human fan club. <laughs> Parker makes Charlie go to the Cat Valdez concert with her after her girlfriend dumps her, just like in the original movie. And then when Parker makes Charlie hold uh, her murder me sign while she's in the bathroom... <laughs> Cat Valdez spots Charlie in the crowd 
and thinks he looks absolutely delicious. Charlie. He does. Who's unfamiliar with what goes on at a Cat Valda's concert agrees to go on stage. But as Cat is getting ready to eat him, she's turned off by Charlie's pathetic beta energy and feels physically ill. She refuses to eat him and the crowd goes insane. Does so, she does she eat her? Oh, she decapitates them. And then yeah, eats like, them. Cra- so crawfish style. She right. Takes I was thinking if, if maybe she like straw, if maybe she like pre sun. Right. If but if maybe she like teased it out, like maybe if she licked him a little first, maybe took a little nibble of his finger. But, you mm-hmm. know, maybe humans don't taste that good. They say sharks don't like the taste of human. So maybe, you know, maybe as she's kind of like nibbling and licking and tasting him, she's like, oh, this humans actually taste really bad. I'm used to like good alien stuff. I just thought of something. I thought it would be hilarious if she takes a little nibble off of him and then she throws up and her throw up creates a hole in the floor. (laughs) In the shape of a heart. (laughs) Or I I don't know. I was thinking her throw up is acid it creates a hole and then her backup dancers fall into it but um but i mean there's room for all sorts of shenanigans so this of course is just a pr nightmare she's supposed to kill and eat someone at every concert this is what the people want why not now um and so cats people concoct a fake relationship story to keep the fans at bay but they want blood um, Kat and Charlie grow close as they conduct their fake relationship. Charlie is awed by the sublime terror of Kat decapitating and eating people at live shows. Like <laughs> now he's a part of the process. So maybe he's in the front row in the splash zone right? You know, with his, with his blood bib on just being like, Oh my God, she's so good at killing and eating people. <laughs> it's just, it, there's nothing like it I've ever seen in my entire life. And he begins to long for the death that only she can deliver. But at the same time, Kat starts to feel like she would like to keep Charlie alive. Oh, no. Tragically, though, there is no hope for either as someone has to die, says Kat's agent, Colin. Kat decides that she's going to blast herself into space and commit suicide after a final blowout concert. But of course, Charlie will not let her do it and makes her murder him in front of the live audience instead. And of course, at first, she's like, no, I couldn't. I shouldn't. But she is an alien queen and alien queen's going to do what an alien queen's going to do. And that's killing people in the most magnificent place possible. So, of course, she devours him. She finishes him with tears streaming down her face, black swan style, and smiles as she says her signature phrase, delicious. Aww. (laughs) And then, boom, blasted off into space. Ooh, murder-suicide? Um... Yeah, that's... I like that. I I like... Yeah, I think the... I think J-Lo... You're right. J-Lo would crush an alien queen type role that's like both terrifying and sexy that sounds like a a good start for a movie 
the studio system. <laughs> now make a script around it. <laughs> um, for my title, I feel like I feel like this is kind of along the Jordan Peele style of title. Okay, but I don't think my my movie is gonna be Jordan Peele. Maybe though, um, it's called We're Married. And the tagline and the tagline can be you don't dot dot dot, but I do. Ooh, I Ooh. love it already. So it's a declaration of whether you like it or not, we are married. Um, and so here we go. We have cat. Cat has to work a concert or she goes to a concert, whatever is the driving force. She is going to a rock concert where she doesn't know what's happening. She doesn't know the rock star. She doesn't know anything about it. But at the rock concert, she she gets the eye of the rock star somehow. And somehow she is like backstage and the rock star meets her and they have this weird exchange. And, and she just kind of goes on her way. But then she feels woozy. Uh-oh. And then she's drugged. She, she was falls roofied? down. Something. Not like, not like she, she would be too smart to just take a drink from a, you know what I mean? Like she had like to have been. blow dart? Yeah, something like a blow dart. Some real spy craft type stuff. Um, and so then when she wakes up, she's in this like more, more like the club within the club kind of thing because his his concert was already maybe a little heavy metal kind of satanic-y kind of like you know but like in a not serious way in kind of a fun way but in this secret society type concert the underground concert it's revealed like no he actually is going to marry her and then kill her to sacrifice her to the demon lord whatever we'll we'll call the the zool yeah we'll call the demon lord <laughs> zool so we get this very like i'm thinking of like did you ever see red state kevin smith red state um no but i heard about the concept it, it i mean it's just making fun of conservatives right um, dumb conservatives rednecks like the uh westboro the westboro people oh yeah yeah, so it kind of makes fun of that. It's very religious, super, all that stuff. But Michael Parks, Michael Parks delivers this like 10 minute grand monologue about how bad people are or whatever. It's it, his monologue is very good in it. So we're going to have one of those. We're going to have this like grand concerty monologue thing where she is forced through this ceremony of marrying this rock star. Um, you want things to change. You've got to take a chance. Yeah. And so she is outright sacrificed to the demon lord. It is gruesome. It is brutal. So she dies. Now she wakes up in hell. Because she was married to one of the servants of Zul and killed as a bride of one of the servants of Zul, she is now officially in the book of the 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 Abrahamic God of God and Lucifer. She is contractually now a concubine of Zul. That oh, is, that is no. her destiny. 
So, oh no, she that's has, not a list she needs to be on. She is officially his concubine. She has to serve him. She's one of his slaves. He's he's married. He's looking to have seven brides. Right, right now he's only got five. Seven Zool brides has, for one brother. Right. So we've got we've got uh, five brides. He's looking for his sixth. Unfortunately for Cat, she catches the eye of Zul, and now once again against her will, she is forced into another marriage. This time to the demon lord Zul. However, ah uh, ah uh, ah, uh, because now she is a demon lord's bride, she probably gets some perks with that, right? Maybe she can. Uh, maybe use uh, some of those perks to find her way back up to earth. And maybe once she's up in earth, she oh, can this take... is just like the game Hades. Ooh. She's I was trying also... to escape from hell. I was also thinking, well, she does escape from hell. So I was also thinking a little bit of a uh, Jennifer's body vibe here. She's okay, uh, sacrificed okay. by a rock star demon type stuff. So she goes back to Earth. She kills the rock star in some grand fashion-y way, probably on stage in front of all of his fans. And because she killed the rock star, she now has absorbed his power. So as one does, she's not staying up in heaven or up in heaven. She's not staying up on Earth because she is dead and she is a demon lord's bride. That's not her place. Maybe she grows weaker. She's she's not incentivized to stay to Earth. She's got shit to do down in hell. Like now as the sixth bride of Zul, she rallies the concubines to overthrow Zul, the demon lord. Hell yeah. At his wedding for his seventh bride so once he 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 sort of has a mid mid fight like like her concubines attack his wedding guests and then she attacks him but in the middle of the fight he does a cool gimmicky funny silly like say i do to his his would-be bride and she says i do and then he says i do and he transforms into a mega demon lord because of course once a once a demon lord has all seven oh, brides, second, they graduate. His second health yeah. bar has to be yeah, depleted they, they, before they, we can beat yeah, him. Yeah, they go to their second form. It's not even his final form, believe it or not. So he transforms. However, she overcomes his transformation. She becomes a super badass, like Xeno warrior princess, heavy metal Conan the Barbarian. She has like a, a Princess Leia bikini type thing but it's heavy metaled out she's got a badass demon sword and a shield and uh she's then confronted by the council of demons and oh. she she is not welcome in hell because she 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 killed the she, it's just not how things are done there so she strikes a deal with them and they allow her to go up to earth what is she going to do on Earth? She's going to open up her own whorehouse with her concubines and lure in depraved, sick, twisted men and kill them and send them to hell to be cannon fodder for demons to torture. So, uh, yeah. Nice it's just, little whorehouse at the hell mouth. Yeah, so it's just a, a nice standard netherworldly revenge flick. I like that it has a happy ending. Yeah, definitely. Who who's gonna argue with with a bunch of women killing bad guys and sending them to hell to be used as torture bags for demons? 
I love it. Yeah, that's great. Well, that does it for our episode on Marry Me. Before we get into our love bites, just want to remind you to like us, subscribe, review, all the good stuff uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can also follow us on social media at NecromancerPod, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. All right, let's go ahead and get into love bites. What do you want to recommend this week, Brett? Well, after watching this movie, Sonia and I came home and we needed a tiny little bit of a palate cleanser. So we booted up. No. This was, believe it or not, actually my very first time watching Shanghai Nights. Oh. The sequel to Shanghai Noon. Anytime I would go to watch Shanghai Nights, I would just watch Shanghai Noon and then be satisfied. Um, but we watched Shanghai Nights, and I have to say, Owen Wilson is fantastic in the movie. He is great, and his chemistry with Jackie Chan is night and day. Palpable. Different. It is palpable. At the end of the movie, there's a, they're like Do they they're fuck in the movie. They they are both on the, the on like Big Ben, the giant second hand of the clock or minute hand or whatever. And they're kind of like doggy style hanging on to the top of this clock. And then the clock ticks. And when it ticks, whoa, they kind of like jostle against (laughs) each other. And like, it was like a a, joke, but I'm also seriously about it. Yeah. Like, yeah, you guys have way more chemistry than JLo and Owen Wilson did. But also Jackie Chan in that accidental body touch. (laughs) Yeah, but also Jack and they they do have a genuine bromance where like they do share their feelings and they have a little bit of a disagreement and a breakup, but they realize how much they love each other as friends. Like it really is a bromance. Um, But Jackie Chan, I mean, we did our martial arts episode uh, and that was great. And we recommended Legend of Drunken Master, but just Jackie Chan is a a full on movie star. He is one of those in the pantheon of like Buster Keaton, Charlie Chaplin, like of the people who will go down in movie history as like one of the greats. Jackie Chan is a movie star. Oh, I love Jackie oh, yeah. Chan so he's, much. He's amazing. Yeah. So uh Shanghai Nights, that's my love bite. How about you? So I mentioned it earlier. Uh, I would like to recommend my big frat Greek wedding. I rewatched it recently and found that it just held the fuck up. It, it was so funny. Like the way that uh, Nia Vardalos, who's also the lead in the movie, the way that she wrote this movie, wrote her family, uh, it was so perfect. And then on the rom-com side of things, we get not one, but two different meet-cutes, and they're both lovely. The second one is particularly hilarious. Uh, also, this movie's just filled with an amazing cast. Uh, you've got John Corbett uh, as the love interest. Lainey Kazan plays her mother. Uh, and you've watched The Nanny now. Lainey Kazan is her aunt in the show. 
not the woman who plays her mom, but the woman who plays her aunt. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She's hilarious. Uh, Andrea Martin also plays one of the family members, and she has like um, she has several bits that are just great. Uh, and then stunt cast Joey Fatone is in the movie from NSYNC, <laughs> and he's not bad. He has a right. really great line where he just turns to John Corbett and says, "Hey, Ian, we're gonna kill you." <laughs> and then just walks away but it's it just it perfectly captures that anxious moment of meeting someone's family and not right. knowing if they're serious or not uh and then witnessing all their all their craziness uh so yeah highly highly recommend my big fat greek wedding very nice yeah i it's i, I only saw it when it first came out it's great. I remember seeing it in theaters too. Um, and I don't know if that was the last time I saw it. I feel like I had to have watched it since then. Um, but it was just a big crossover hit. I remember my dad loved the movie. So many people loved that movie when it came out and it was just this little indie movie. Um, but yeah, definitely recommend giving it a rewatch. Very nice. All right. So, how would Big Daddy Mars sing the hit Marry Me song? Um, oh, I should have looked up some of the lyrics. I don't the lyrics know anything are about the song. Me. Except the lyrics marry are me, marry me. <laughs> Say I do. Marry me, marry me, marry me, marry me. Necromancer is produced by Brett Dorman and Shira Moore. The theme song is Symphonia 3 by Kevin McLeod on the album Oddities.